I was like, hmm, interesting. Pedo, pedo. And welcome to Imagine Me and Utena, a revolutionary girl Utena podcast. I'm Panda. I'm your host. And I'm here with my co-host, Alice. How you doing, Alice? I'm doing pretty good, actually. Today, we are talking about the manga version of revolutionary girl Utena. We have kind of talked around it uh, while we've been going through the anime. And since we finished the anime, it's time to tackle this sucker. This version of the story was written concurrently with the anime. And while they follow a lot of the same beats, there's a lot of differences also. And so we're going to get to talk about that. And here to help us talk about that are a couple of friends of ours. First, it's a crossover episode. My co-host from my other podcast, Fresh Podcast Market, Teresa is here. How you doing, Teresa? Panned. It's the same old, same old. I'm here to monopolize everybody's fucking time by talking too much. <laughs> How are you? I am doing just fine. Also here with us is a last minute surprise co-host, Scarlett. How you doing, Scarlett? Ah! <laughs> okay, I'm fine. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm very excited to have both of you here to talk with us about the manga. Amazing. How does everyone feel about what they have read? I know, um, Alice, you had read this previously to us talking about it because mm. I bought it for your birthday, I think. I don't remember. You bought it for one of those And days. yeah, and Teresa, you have not seen any of the, or no, you've seen some of the show, but you haven't seen all of it. And so this is your first time reading the manga. Is that correct? Uh, yeah. So I've watched on my own the first 10 episodes. And then um, I unfortunately was a part of an anime club in college. And uh, the club, in order how it worked, was for every semester, there would be four anime shown, two shoujin. Sh wow. Two animes would be shown, two shonens and two sojos, and uh, one of the options one year was Revolutionary Girl Utena, and I was the only motherfucker to know what it was, so I've seen the first episode of Utena um, more than once because I had to try and br spread the good word, the gospel, if you will, and um, the whole entire club ignored me and ended up picking some weird-ass detective anime, and I was like, wow, maybe we should have watched Utena. I was like, hmm, maybe we should have... But um, besides that, yeah, I've only read the first three chapters of a really botched translation online, so I probably won't know a lot of stuff today. But yes, I, that's, that's that's where I stand. Fine. And Scarlett, what is your familiarity with Utena? I'm pretty sure you've seen like the anime and read this manga, right? I have seen the anime. I've seen Adolescence of Utena, which is fantastic. I have actually only just started reading the manga. The first time I read it was a long time back and like literally a midway through the series volume. <laughs> so in preparation for this episode, which in my defense, I did not know I was going to be sitting in on until two minutes before it started. I had to... <laughs> well, neither did I, so... <laughs> very quickly read the first chapter or so 
at high speed off a botched and very suspect pirate translation. Yep, that's probably the same one that I read. Yep. That's fine, because I have a... I'm going to do a synopsis of the prologue, and then we'll talk about it, and then I'll do a brief synopsis of uh, basically, like, the first volume-ish, because it covers, like... Volume one covers episodes one through three of the anime, basically at kind of like a much quicker pace. And the prologue does not exist in the anime because it sucks and was wisely left. Yes, thank you. I was not imagining things. I was like, what? What? Who is this? (laughs) Like, I was really confused when I read it, too. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we obviously don't like it. Alice, how did you feel about the prologue? Um, I well, I agree. I don't really like it. Um, I don't like it not just because it sucks, but also because it, the inclusion of the prologue actually does something to the rest of the manga that destroys one of my favorite things about Utsuka. And I'm so, so, so thankful it is not in the anime because it would have ruined a lot of the anime is mystique. Mm. Yeah, I think I know what you mean, but we will yeah, we'll talk more in depth about that after uh, after I do my summary, which I will do now as quickly as I can without being incomprehensible. Uh, Uzuna wears a pink uniform and this pisses everybody off, but she has approval for it tec- on a technicality, so she gets to wear it. Uh, Utsuna's aunt comes to the school and she gets sent home. Utsuna's best friend Kaido sucks. He's a fuckboy. I hate him. Utsuna gets letters from a mysterious man or she gets letters from a mysterious person she doesn't know. She tells Kaido that she gets these letters every year and she thinks they're from Mr. Licky Lick, her prince, which she tells him the story of. Uh, he saved her from drowning and licked away her tears. Is licking away tears a th- a thing? Do does anyone know if that's a thing that that no. do? Is that like a Japanese no. thing he or is this? No, no, no. That's what, no. They literally show no. him <laughs> licking away her tears I mean, on her that. face. Oh my god! I, sw- I swear to God, I would have thought that this was Ikuhara seeding something, and then I remembered Ikuhara didn't actually write the manga. Yeah, this licking stuff is not in any other version of the story. It's just in this, as far as I can tell. And this is not the first time someone licks away someone's tears, and it is very unsettling to me. Bad. 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 This is the worst thing. Mr. Licky Lick smells like rose. Uh, Mr. Licky Lick smells like roses. He gave Utena her rose ring. Kaido's like, what the fuck? How could you believe this shit? It was obviously a dream. I mean, I get it, but he's kind of being a dick about it. Uh, He's going to try to prove that her aunt is the one sending the letters. Kaido is a capital nice guy because he like definitely wants to get into Utena's pants, but she like totally does not care. Uh, Utena cooks spaghetti for her aunt and it's super cute. Utena's aunt wants them to move to Holland for her job there's a bunch of bullshit about kaido doing research to prove that utana's aunt wrote the letters utana meets this mysterious dude and she thinks that he's probably mr licky lick he works with her aunt part-time he has a rose ring that he got from his alma mater otori academy which he briefly 
references. Kaido says, what kind of guy wears a ring and carries roses, which I thought was really funny. Usana and Kaido go to her aunt's office and find her aunt and the dude making out this makes utana upset because she thought that mr licky lick was gonna come like i don't know be her boyfriend or something uh she gets because she's upset she goes to the bridge where she first met mr licky lick and she falls in the water again she's saved by a mysterious figure kaido sees this and now believes in mr licky lick he almost takes credit for saving her because he wants to get into her pants but at the last second he does actually say no you were saved by a mysterious figure so I guess Mr. Licky Lick is real. Utsunai goes home and tells her aunt that she's chill about her and the dude getting together. Utsunai and Kaido figure out the letters have hints about Otori so Utsunai decides to go to Otori instead of going to Holland with her aunt. Utsuna licks away Kaido's tears again with this shit and then she leaves and that's the prologue and it sucks <laughs> and I hate it it's everything that yes, happens everything that happens well there, there is nothing redeeming here well yeah there's nothing redeeming here. but talking as in the way that it happened it, i can see what the intention is the intention is to make this whole story a little more grounded in reality than conventional reality why? yeah i'm not saying it's good why? I'm, I'm looking at the, the why here and the why here is that i think saito is trying to a, grounded reality, and B, in her own way, was getting at the same mystery that we of the prince that we get with the anime. The difference here is that because it is framed through these letters and we have this entire world outside of Otori, we now have information about Utsuna that we did not before, which changes everything we, we now think about her because she's not a blank slate anymore. She has an aunt. She has a friend. Um, she... What was before her youthful brashness now looks really friggin' dumb. And so it is hard going forward in the manga not to read her as even more naive than she is in the anime because of the Luna, forgive me, please, Luna, my cat, Mr. Licky Licks. <laughs> Again, God, we have also, to keep saying it. Can we just say something else? This prologue introduces the name Mr. Licky Lick, which is not anywhere else in any of the other versions of this story, as far as I know. It, I mean, I, I, I can tell you they sure didn't pull it out for adolescence. No. It's, Pedo Pedo isn't even better either, because, like, you still know. You still know what it, it means and what it entails. But um, in the botched, sketchy ass uh, version that I read, so. The prologue is, it's like, so I only read chapters one through three, so that like pretty much ends where I think Utena actually falls into the water, if I remember correctly. But, um, oh, okay. In, um, the pro, like in the first chapter, it has Utena saying to Kaito, like, we'll break up. And I was like, what? Like, it really threw me off guard because. I just assumed that they were friends and he jokingly talks about like, Hey, Utena, we should date. And she's like, no, I am waiting for someone who was, I assume Mr. Looky look. And, um, I'm like saying that through clenched teeth. It's disgusting. <laughs> and, um, 
it's just bad. It's just bad, bad, bad. But um, I think uh, the breaking up thing in the version that Alice and I have mm-hmm. it, she says like, if you do whatever, we're through, yeah. and it's more ambiguous and seems more like breaking up of a friendship than figured. like yeah, yeah. The, the phrase we we're mm-hmm. breaking yeah. up. Nothing about the way she treats Kaido indicates that they're in a relationship, and thank God because he is the most worthless character ever conceived i i hate him so much who's worse him or um oh my god i was gonna say melvin i can't remember what the japanese name is but from sailor moon because he's pretty bad you know what he is is he feels like he feels like a character who was put in to give male readers someone to identify with and yeah that makes sense. Umino. Yes. The Sailor Moon character's name is Umino. Yeah. Oh, I, that was going to kill me. Either way. like Anyway, he sorry. Feels like, this is the kind of character uh, who I'd assume, if this were like a big budget television anime project thing, would be put in there to like appeal to the, you know, the male reader or the male viewer. But this is like a manga... Yeah take on psychosexual surreal queer romance head trip coral rock whatever you call utena why did we need this character he adds nothing he muddles the backstory of utena and her prince and frankly like fleshing out the backstory beyond she got saved by a prince and was so impressed she wanted to be one takes away an essential part of her motivation as a character she doesn't. She isn't waiting mm. passively for her prince. She sure wants to meet him again in the anime, but what sets Utena apart as a character is she's so impressed by the prince that she totally wants to jack his style. I hadn't thought about it, but it does, it does kind of take away from her, you know, a little bit in a weird way. I think that, I, and I'm kind of assuming a little bit because i don't really know that much about chiho saito like aside from having read bits and pieces of stuff on the internet but um i feel like this sort of represents a difference in each like her and ikuhara's respective philosophies about utana i feel like they have they're doing the same thing but they also kind of seem like they want to do two different things with this same core concept and that's how like it's being manifested is like i feel like this really condenses the difference in the way that she approaches this story versus the way that ikuhara does because with ikuhara it's all about like like why is this happening fuck you that's why like you're along for the ride and you're just going to accept what's happening but like this is it's like alice said it's much more grounded it's much more tropey and it's much closer to the actual like shoujo genre Mm -hmm. that ikuhara seems to have been attempting to subvert more heavily yeah like ikuhara's story is kind of a rebellion against norms of like well it's it's explicitly about kind of like gendered roles and the tyranny of them uh in the anime like that's subtext throughout it everyone is screwed over by them in some fashion especially utena and the manga just feels like it's just a the prologue could have been a part of any shoujo melodrama and it would have fit which is why I think we all hate it so much, because it doesn't really capture anything that people like about Utena as a series. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Also, Mr. Licky Licky. <laughs> also that. It's terrible. And it makes me want to die. I hate it's it. It's the Can worst we- thing. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, can we talk about how fucking stupid it is that the aunt and him, like, have this affair? Like, I when it happened, I was just like, all right, well, that's a It thing. feels so random. Yeah, it felt, like, really unnecessary. Teresa, I have something for this. Tell me, Alice. Give me the goods. Okay, in the anime, do you remember that weird one-off thing where I think it's like, is it Mickey's dad who like... That was in season two and Teresa wouldn't have seen that. Yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. There is a a mildly similar situation that is not really super plot relevant that occurs Mm -hmm. in the latter half of the series. And I wonder if those, these things are connected anyway thematically because i mean thematically they kind of are but also you have throughout this series and both of these there are points where you have someone like who has their illusions about romance and about the person who they like shattered in a very very sudden and painful way and i feel like that is i feel like that even though it's kind of random and it's not very well done i think it actually does fit into Utena's the, the anime sort of like where it's going and what it's trying to explore. That makes it sense. does sort of yeah. disabuse Utena of some of the romanticism that she was having surrounding this guy that works with her aunt. Yeah, it's it's it, not it's not that's well done. It's more that it, it it's kind of in the same vein. It's trying. It's it's almost grounding. I was going to say yeah. like the difference between this aspect, like this thing in particular, and the scene that you are referencing in the anime, which is a little bit similar, the difference here is that, like, the shock happening is happening to a character in the series. Whereas, if you recall that particular scene where we find out that Anthe is maybe like having some sort of affair with Mickey and uh, Kozaway's dad, like, the only person that sees that is us as the viewer. Like, nobody in the show ever finds out about that. Like, they know Kozaway and Mickey both know that they have like a new stepmom. But after that one moment, literally no one references that yeah. happening ever again. Teresa, you have questions. <laughs> Who okay, you? I'm so over my head, guys. You shouldn't have invited me to this. Good one. No, you're great. Mickey is the blue student council. Oh, member. okay, cool. Okay, Kozaway is his sister. Right. There's a there's a really random scene in a Mickey and Kozaway episode during the Black Rose arc mm-hmm. where like. They're talking to their dad on the phone and he's talking about like they have a new stepmom now and Kozaway's mad about it because she's like a brat or whatever. And then like the camera kind of like pulls to the side or pulls away Uh and we see that the person that he's referring to is Anthe who like puts her hand on their dad's shoulder and then like it's and then it's over and then that never comes back it is never referenced again like it it means nothing it doesn't have anything to do with anything but it's there what's the point why? That's this a, good, a question. good question. Oh my god! When, when you figure it out, when I figure it out, I will let Please you know. Please do, Scarlet. Please I will, do. 
I, somebody I, at I, me on Twitter if you have an explanation for this because I don't. Wait, your explanation of like why, why it's there or like I, uh, yeah, I mean, just I, like I have, I have a theory. Okay, it's not a good one, but it's a theory. Uh, I'm sorry to tangent you guys. Divergence into weird symbolism. The Black Rose Arc in three, two, one. Uh, so one of the things that kind of comes up in the Black Rose Arc is it's kind of the first arc that kind of introduces the satellite characters for everyone in the student council, the people who kind of like hang off of them. And Mm -hmm. it also kind of introduces the idea of Anthe being not who she presents herself as in a very overt way. So there's a lot of setup to ultimately the finale of the series where we find out that and we find out exactly how much Anthe is keeping under wraps and why and what her motivations are. Uh, but I think that shot is kind of just there to reinforce the fact that Anthe is not in any way like someone that you can trust the facticity of is the guess way I the best way I put it. Like just because you see her in one context doesn't mean she's not off doing another thing. And uh, potential spoiler alert, like the last reveal of the Black Rose arc is that the weird person who's been handing out Black Roses trying to get people to kill the Rose Bride turns out to be Anthe, the Rose Bride. Yeah, and okay, I I would be willing to accept this, uh, like, this train of thought a little more, like, just as it's presented. Like, not that I think you're wrong. I do think that you have a very good point. I'd just be more willing to accept this scene as an aspect of that if we saw Anthe in other random places, like in other scenes with uh, maybe like other satellite characters, if it was a little more like sprinkled instead of just yeah. this one random scene and then boom, we have the reveal yeah, of Anthe totally. at the end. It's so weird. I have a, I have a slight counterpoint here. Well, I have a slight counterpoint here. Yeah. Like there is a sort of recurring theme of, especially towards, uh, of sort of like, Everything is being manipulated towards a certain point. Like that the, the 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 duels aren't just duels, it's a game. A game with rules. Someone had to make those rules, and as more and more we begin to suspect, they're not like fair. They were designed to achieve a particular purpose. And I think that Ant like both this weird affair thing and this other thing with Anthe and the anime are both examples of not Anthe manipulating things, but the the master of the game manipulating the game so that A, it happens, and B, it happens the way it's supposed to, quote-unquote. The way that ensures that the end game is exactly as it should be for nefarious purposes. They're not, they're not set, like, what, the, what unites them is not Anthe, what unites them is the force behind Anthe. Could it okay. be that there is a lizard person dressing <laughs> up as Anthony and pulling this shit from behind? I would not be shocked. I I accept it. I I mean, like, you know, like how in Randomly in Princess Tutu, there's just like that one like crocodile ballerina. Like shit could happen in Utena. I would accept it. I mean, have you seen the, the nice. like, literally the next two series that Ikuhara went on to direct? Maybe it was Bears. I have Maybe not. it was Bears. But 
Maybe it was bears. We are about to watch the one with the bears. Oh, I've heard I of that. I've so never watched it. But it's good. Heard of it. Spoilers, it's good. Nice. Oh, I've watched Penguin Drum. Okay, cool. Yeah. We might do I love, the I Penguin, love Penguin Show. Drum. Penguin Drum's really good, even though I have no idea what the fuck is going on in that whole entire series. But I loved it. <laughs> it sounds like you go on. like a running theme. <laughs> it, it is. It is. Nice. What I find interesting about the manga is that I feel like it's, despite being more grounded, I feel like it actually makes the story make less sense. It really does. Because, like, the when you watch the anime, it has this weird, like, non-logic to it a lot of the time where, like, things just sort of happen. But since everything seems so, like, weird and otherworldly, it's just sort of like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, this is how stuff works at Otori, I guess. But when you introduce the idea that, like... There's a real world. Yeah, there's a real world outside of all this. And, like, there's, like an actual real person who is trying to get Utena to come to this academy for mysterious reasons like yeah it just it almost feels like it makes less sense when it tries to inject realism into the story at all who comes to Utena going like you know what I need right now I need to be a good dose of realism (laughs) that's why I like Utena the grounded realism I, actually, fun thing that this arc also does is it undermines uh, Utena's first encounter with Toga. That's right, because like in the anime, she met Toga right after her parents died, and so that's why she thinks that he's her prince for a little while. But like, but now it's just Mister that, Mis- that's not things. <laughs> yeah, that sort of gets retconned in, the, or it's changed in this version. Uh, yeah, this prologue is bad. <laughs> I, uh, there, there's not really much more analysis we can do to make this prologue not suck. I'm, I'm sorry, listeners. Like we tried, we really did. I mean, I could keep going. I was an English major. I could bullshit till the end of time. Amen to that. But it's just not. How would it. you make it not suck? Is there a way to take these elements and make them not suck? I think you would. You know what would? You know what would be the biggest thing I would yeah. do? Tell me. Kaido. Kill Kaido. If Kaido yeah. was just destroy him. If Kaido was either a a just a friend or b like a Wakaba like character, why don't we just replace him with Wakaba? Or yeah, C, bring Wakaba. That was what I was about to say. Or just C, it's Wakaba. The, <laughs> this whole thing might actually be better. Like I can imagine a version of this where it, this was Wakaba, and so that's that's why they're there together. And so it becomes it would it would actually make Wakaba more of an important character in the manga, which it would not be a bad thing. Um, and that, that's actually more important in anything. Yeah, that would actually be like really cool to have Wakaba is not just her friend. It's the friend who is kind of supporting her in this search from the very beginning. And that could have been really narratively yeah. interesting. I mean, anything would be better than Kaido, but yeah, definitely more Wakaba would... Like, I mean, he, Kaido is right. He's, he's just a fuckboy. Yeah, he's, he's just, just an asshole He's an absolutely worthless character because he will vanish at the end of this prologue. We will never see him again, I hope. <laughs> and his, and his no, relationship with Utena... He's, he's a one-off character. Are you serious? Oh my god. Oh, yeah, he never pops up what again. This is his only... It's so unnecessary. It should have been Wakaba. 
Wakaba would have improved anything, but she would have especially improved this. Wakaba is love. Wakaba is life. Support Wakaba. But also then, in is Wakaba just strictly in Otori, or is she like... Okay, because yeah. I was going to say, because like, Kaido is at this other mysterious school with Yuten at the start of it, so like... That would then have to be like, oh, Wukaba just suddenly transferred too. Like, I think that might be a little ridiculous, but it, I like her yeah. way better than this bitch. So I think what it would lose in its like, it would make it a little ridiculous, but it would make it better on the whole. So I think that even what you lose there, you gain back more just from Wakaba being included. Yes. So we've, we've all concluded that the solution to this is just watch the first episode of the anime and then read the manga. I, yeah, I would definitely recommend going into the anime without reading the manga first because I feel like reading the manga first will color your experience with the anime, which is too good not to be just experienced on its own at first. How long is the manga? Do you know? It's it's not it, that long. It's like yeah, it's not that long. The the version that Alice and I have is it's two huge uh volumes. Well I, like no, huge, I'm familiar with big. how huge they are. While we're talking because I Yeah, while we're talking about them, they're beautiful. Yeah, they are. I uh, actually ordered a copy of it for a friend's birthday and then met up with them at Anime NYC, so I had to drag my bag through all of Anime NYC and then my bag <laughs> broke as my bag was getting checked, and I was like, please, no. I just have to give this to a friend. Leave me alone. But everything worked out in the end. And then my friend cried. Also, can we talk about how beautiful that poster is in the middle that came with those volumes? Oh, my God, oh yes. My God. It is. They were so good. I love it. So I actually, I really do like a lot of the manga art because it mm-hmm. does like i don't know e- like even as silly as Ut- like the way that everyone's proportions are because this is very shoujo like it just really works especially on the page like i feel like and i'll get into this a little more when we get into uh the other volume but uh i f- like even though i feel like there are a lot of benefits to being able to see it in motion because it is so well animated this art just looks really nice on the page yeah it's i'll say one thing for the manga is that if the anime is trying really hard to subvert shoujo um t- tropes and etc the manga is a really good example of shoujo art-wise that's actually kind of near the top. It's one of the best examples of like good art in a shoujo that I've I've read. It is like for all its for all its flaws, like it's really good. Yeah, Chiho Saito knows what she's doing when it comes to like drawing manga. It's really clear that she's a talented artist. And even like even the designs on Kaido, who probably has like the least eye-catching and least interesting design of everyone. He still looks fine. His my only real complaint with him is that Utena has such striking character designs for its central cast that he just sort of feels like the most boring thing you could do in this setting. Like he just looks yeah, boring. It, he just feels so he doesn't feel like he was originally in this story. He feels like yeah. he was just sort of tacked on at the last minute. We need a we need a backstory guy. Quick Get the glasses, kid. I mean, is it ever like? Is it ever mentioned in like interviews and stuff like that? Because he really is just like pales in comparison. I have to no idea. I feel like somebody who probably knows like way more than all of us is probably like, "You dumb idiots! This is what happened." Like, but I'm sure somebody will. Dumb shit. So whatever. 
I, I, cor- people will correct me if I'm wrong, I hope, but I, as I understand it, one of the things Ikuhara does pretty frequently when he does stories like uh, Utena, and he also did this for Yurikuma, I believe, is when he teams up to do the manga and the anime, he actually just gives the premise for the anime to the manga artists that he works with, and then he has them kind of do whatever they want with it. So uh, Chiho Saito was probably just given the basic story beats of the Mm. anime, and then told, do this however you want. And it shows... Yeah, so like that's why it feels like a more conventional shojo. Is it's it's a very conventional shojo manga artist just sort of writing with the beats of girl, prince, weird school, sword fight, coral rock. Mm. <laughs> that is a good summary. I don't even need to do the summary in volume one. That was it. <laughs> Yeah, this actually, I did look it up while we were talking about this. The uh, manga is, it was published in five volumes initially. Well, it was published in a magazine first and then collected in five volumes. And there's also like, it's not just the main story. There's also like some short stories. And the version that Alice and I have came with the manga adaptation of the movie. So that's interesting. And we're going to get into that. Some people have told me that they really like the movie movie manga so i'm interested to see how that differs from the movie itself because we had a lot of fun when we did the movie mm. feels like 90 percent less acid i'm sure Teresa, you should definitely watch the movie i need to fucking watch the movie it will change your life i want to and also give you a headache um i so my dad lives in florida and in florida if there are things that are more than uh gas station cats it's fucking flea markets and um i was at a flea market like one time when i was like visiting him when i was like 16 17 and there actually was a dvd of the utena movie oh. and i should have bought it like i regret like i wish i could go back in time and be like Nothing you dumb regret. like yeah and it's so bad because like i have a friend now who actually collects um anime on vhs and it's like that's literally what they collect and it's like this would have been and they're a big utena fan too shout out to siobhan i know you're probably listening to this um and uh i like regret every day not buying it and like i wish I wish I did, but I probably I Utena has been on my list like for nine million years, and like I did watch it as you know, I just stopped watching it. So I should probably go back and watch the movie and watch the actual series itself, and yes, watch it before Golden Kami comes it out. It does. That's all I care about. Take forever because oh my god, my dog is in my room. <laughs> my dog get in here. <laughs> And so we, we, we have the perfect metaphor for this prologue. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that it's five dog, dog shits in a <laughs> one 20 minute walk? It's. <laughs> so we agree that the prologue is pretty terrible. The rest of the vo- of volume one is actually kind of by the book. Ah, I get it because. Hey. Um, <laughs> but, like, I mean, it's, it's literally just the first three episodes. Um, there are some it key really differences, is. and I kind of want to talk about at least one of them that you actually mentioned in the notes that you did. Okay, um, I'll do my summary for the for volume one is significantly shorter because it it mostly just follows the same beats as the first three episodes, the anime. So I didn't really feel like I had to go into that depth. I tried to get as much of the prologue as I could for people who maybe haven't read the manga 
and are listening to this for whatever reason. Um, so volume one is called To Till. A lot of, uh, or actually all of the volume names are plant related, uh, which should be come to, as no surprise. Yeah. Oh, something what? we didn't talk about. Something we didn't talk about is that not only is Usina's uniform pink at first, her hair is orange. Because there are yeah. there are some full color pages in the beginning of the manga or like some illustrations, and there's at least three of them that has uh Utsuna with orange hair and her pink uniform, and then inexplicably she has pink hair at some point i'm to believe she had she gets her black uniform during the series in some of the promo art it's actually a little bit more blonde too because i have um some like promotional stickers that my friend got in a blind bag a few years back so oh my god like classic 90u tennis stickers and panda i'll have to send you a photo of them um, yes, yes. After this. And um, so only two stickers are taken off and I could send you a picture of one of them. And the other one, my good pal Noel has on her laptop because I was like here to the other Utena fan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so some of it, it's like mixed at first, like some of it's a little bit red um, ish or, Oh, sorry, Alice. Um, some of it's a little orangish while some of it's like downright blonde. Um, but uh, it's, a good time it's wild yeah i guess maybe she's supposed to be like a strawberry blonde maybe they're like kind of leaning into the oranginess and some of the colored versions that we've got here is is it meant to be that way on purpose or is it like artistic license because not weird random tangent i don't know what shiho saito's like approach to her art is because i haven't really read her other manga but i know that like for some big-name manga artists, they kind of pick whatever colors they feel like work best for a given panel when they do colored panels, rather than trying very hard for consistency. Like, Hirohiko Araki is actually pretty famous for just going like, what? No, I don't have a set color palette in mind. I just do whatever looks good. Mm. I mean, even, like, if you want to compare, like, 90s Sojo, you could talk about how um, some of the art for Sailor Moon, like some of the hair is more of like traditional like blacks and blondes and stuff like that and then like in some versions it's like blue obviously and yeah. like um oh my god I'm blanking on hair colors right now but you yes. you guys know what I'm talking about so like yeah there there are a lot of different illustrations especially like manga style illustrations from Sailor Moon where each of the senshi their hair is it's the color that it like it has its base color but it's kind of tinted more towards their like uniform yeah. color I like to think of this uh, Utena having orange hair thing as sort of just being like a uh, like when Dragon Ball Z was starting out Goku had like a different hair color yeah. when he was a yeah. Super Saiyan and then like they in, they just decided to go with blonde instead of like I think it was red maybe yeah, yeah. it was yeah, I would like I red think a lot more I think that that may just be this situation where, like, maybe they hadn't finalized the colors and maybe Saito liked this pink and orange slash blonde and Ikuhara liked the pink and black. So they maybe, like, just decided to change it later on. Like I said, I know she does specifically get the black uniform in the story, but as for her hair being a different color, it just, at some point, it's not orange anymore. It's pink now. Shrug. 
but volume one to till covers episodes one through three of the anime um utana still got her pink uniform utana sees seonji hit anthe and is like what the fuck because we have to see seonji hit anthe in the face in every version of the story and it makes me upset seonji puts wakaba's letter that she sent him on the wall and everyone laughs at her utana challenges seonji to a duel because wakaba's honor utana goes he won me what Someone be one me. <laughs> Utena goes to the dueling forest, and it's not as cool as in the anime because it's not as like elaborate. But I mean, you know, there's obviously changes uh, that can be made from go like from page to animation, or at least different methods that you can go about that. But I just uh, I love the going to the dueling arena scene in the anime so much. It's such a, and the song is such a bop, man. Oh it's God. so good. Oh, love it. Love it. Utena duels Seonji and Seonji cuts Utena's bamboo sword. Utena calls Seonji a bastard, which I liked a lot. Utena wins the duel because, duh, she gets the sword of Dios and feels the power of Dios. And that's actually like a pretty cool drawing of like Utena feeling the power of Dios for the first time. It is pretty bad. She's kind of like standing there and like she's got this like shadow Dios kind of like behind her like giving her like electric power. It's really it looks really cool. Something that I think is interesting about this is that Anthe talks to Utena a lot more in this version. Like in the duel, definitely she like wishes Utena good luck, which I think happens in the she, she anime. Does, yeah. But she just like she seems to talk to Utena more, whereas in the anime she's a very quiet character a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, Utena meets like, Toki. In the anime, you want to know how to uh, gauge her mood? Yeah. Her pet. 90% of the time. Utena meets Toga and he hits on her. Utena's room gets reassigned to Anthe's because she won the duel. Um, we meet Choo Choo. Iconic. Our, our good pal Choo Choo does not look how I am accustomed to him looking in this version. And it was very upsetting to me and very off-putting. And Can you describe it like... I don't... Like and words are less. Like, imagine it's a tweet. How would you describe your re- visceral reaction to what we should call Choo Choo 2.0? I was just sort of like, what the f- fuck? Like, <laughs> how many like, Fs? Like, four Fs? What does that look that's, like? That's a, that's a four F situation. He just, <laughs> he looks a little more like a monkey. He's a got very, man. like, hold on. I'll try to find a picture so everybody can be up to speed on what Choo Choo looks like in Choo-choo the manga. Choo Choo reboot. It's just very weird. Like, Choo Choo in the anime is just like, he doesn't even look like a monkey. He's just like this little, like, he almost looks like a mouse. Yeah. But like... Yeah, have you ever expect Ash to like jump from around the corner and go like, a new Pokemon! He does look a little bit like a Pokemon. Have you seen Skate Rat Choo Choo? Like, there's a shirt that says Skate Rat Choo Choo on it. And what? I always assumed Choo Choo was a rat because of it. What? So, yeah, Skate Rat Choo Choo. Yeah. I'm having a hard time finding a picture of Choo Choo from the monk. They've erased him from existence. 
No, like it's just hard to find like a good because like most of the pictures that are coming up are of the anime. I'll hold on. I'll take a picture of this and send it to you. Nice. I am now observing okay. Skate Rat Choo Choo. Good, good radio. You could like buy it radio. off of Amazon for like three hundred dollars if you really want to, because like they, they oh won't sell it anymore. That well, that shirt certainly does exist. Mm-hmm. It's it does. adorable. Um. Okay, Teresa, I'm about to text you these pictures. Yeah, to boy. Let me click this link and nice. Skate rat choo choo. I want that shirt now. Good luck finding it. Oh, I will find it. I mean, it. hey, I was able to find a Beck Mongolian Chop Squad shirt off of Etsy, so anything is possible. But anyway, okay, so Choo Choo is very like I don't want to say chubby like it's a bad thing, a but friend. it is a descriptor. It is a descriptor of him in this version. He's got very like poofy looking fur he looks and more like a koala almost he does look a little bit like a koala i love him and he doesn't have he has a tail but it's more like a a big fuzzy lump on his butt rather than like a monkey tail (laughs) amazing and i just don't like it i'm not a fan chico saito if you're listening we apologize for disparaging your character design sensibility but why Look, Chiho Saito, (laughs) who is definitely listening to my podcast, I love all of the artwork and all most of the character designs in this book. I just don't like this one weird looking monkey. And part of that has to do with being accustomed to the version from the anime, which despite not looking like a monkey, monkey is incredibly cute. Um, But yeah. I'm not sure that either of those words really jives with that, but yes. Uh, so Utena is like, fuck the duels, because I don't want to do this shit. So she goes to talk to Toga about it. Ah! Toga kisses her non-consensually. Ah! Don't like that. Don't like ah! that. Bad. T- Toga explains, like, the duels and the power to revolutionize the world, blah, blah, blah. Utena says, okay, I'll keep dueling to keep Anthe away from you creeps. Toga invites Utena to the school dance and sends her a dress. Uh, it's basically the same as the anime. She doesn't want to wear it, but then, like, she wants Anthe to make more friends that aren't student council members, so she's like, okay, I'll wear the dress and go to the dance so that you can make more friends. The major difference between this and the anime is that my beloved world revolutionary Naname is not in this at all and it makes me very upset because Naname is the best character in Revolutionary Girl Utena. Panda, did you get to the end of your summary? Not yet, I'm almost done. Uh, I was pointing out the main difference between uh, this this and episode 3 of the anime is that uh, in the anime, Naname sends Anthe a dress that when something is spilled on it, it melts and it's supposed to embarrass her. But instead, Seonji sends Anthe a dress because he wants to like get her back or something and i guess this is part of his plan i don't really understand why he sends her a dress honestly it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me his whole motivation in this part is that he wants anthe back because like i guess he's not connecting that like he just has to challenge utana to a duel and beat her and it'll go back to the way it was but he thinks he can like just convince her to come back uh Utena meets the rest of the student council while she's at the dance, and Seonji 
does end up challenging Uta to a duel, despite the fact that she does not have a sword. And then that's where it ends. Okay. I have one really big thing that I think is actually super, super important. (laughs) Is it that Naname's not here? Because I agree. Okay, two things. The, the, one of the big differences that I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure if I like it or not, but it's definitely really significant, is, and you mentioned this in your notes, I'm glad that you caught this, Anthony talks more and with a lot more expression in the manga than she does in the anime. Yes, she does. I and thought do you, that was really interesting. Yeah, do you have any kind of like without really like scratch, like without going really too deep here, do you have any like kind of like maybe why that is? Well, I could look towards the outside and think about the difference in creators, the difference mm-hmm. between like Chiho Saito being a woman writing a story uh, like about women and Ikahara, a man who is developing a story about women and like maybe their different ideas about gender. Anthe in the anime seems a little more tied to like she's still submissive in the manga, but she's not like she's not as much of like a living doll it seems as she is in the anime Mm. and i think part of the reason she is so much like a living doll in the anime is part of like what scarlet said about the tyranny of gender roles whereas like since saito is not really going for that necessarily it like she gives anthe a little more to say and well not necessarily do but like yeah you get what i'm saying i have three basic takes on this that i'm going to give you guys which is funny because there's three of you um the first is piggybacking off of what Peta just said the difference between saito a woman writing a story about women and man writing a story about women is that they are both writing trying to write the same character and the difference is that they're what they see in this character type this submissive character type is different because they are on different sides of that art of that archetypal cultural sort of idea. Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Like when I heard that, I was like, yeah, you're, you're kind of on the same track as me. Like we're thinking together, which means probably, I don't know, maybe we're bored. Um, Or that we've been doing a podcast together for a year and a half. We have? Happy anniversary! Um, I'm probably exaggerating, but it's definitely over a year. Nice. But, um... It's a year and three months, so a year and a quarter. pretty good. Thank you. But, um, but yeah, like, they're both taught, they're both using this character, and they're trying to use this character in a way that they understand. Saito coming from the, the imagining this sort of as a like a, a two sides thing, the sort of binary of whether you're on what what side of this of this divide you're on with this kind of like archetype. She is more familiar with this archetype as being something that she can understand more at a personal level as someone she might actually be able to talk to because I, I, i'm honestly here here's the thing when i think about anthe we think about we, we talked about doll we talked about anthe as the witch i kind of think of anthe in, a, in some ways as being like um and you guys i don't know if you've seen this movie um miss hokusai no i have not but the geishas from miss hokusai um when they are with male characters and when they are with female characters their everything is completely different. The way that they talk, the frequency of how much they talk, everything they do, 
And so, you know, there's that relationship and that they were able, they were seeing two different sides of this c- cultural idea. One, Saito's is more organic because to her, it is less of an abstract idea or something she understands because she's closer to it because it's something she probably, I'm this is speculation, but something she probably has had to live with that in the background because it kind of concerns her. Whereas Ikuhara, for all how much he could try, can only approach this idea as an outsider. Um, yeah, um, one of the most like striking parts of Anthe's dialogue in this volume that stuck out to me was like Anth or Utana is like asking her about like the Rose Bride stuff and like when did you become the Rose Bride and stuff, and she's like, "Don't you think that this is fucked up?" And Anthe's like, "Well, I don't mind being the Rose Bride," and that's sort of something that Anthe communicates more abstractly in the anime where she just sort of like comes out and says that like right at the beginning of this version i do like it uh, before i get to the other two because i'll be quicker with them i do like that it, it does make anthony more of an actual character earlier on whereas before in the first three episodes she only gets to be a character about a third of the time she's on the screen yeah um the second one is that medium her being yeah. more active is purely just because of the actual the nature of the of of the medium you know, it's it's it doesn't work quite as well to have that kind of character on the page as it does in a film, like on, on in the actual animation. Her being quiet on the page doesn't mean the same thing as her being quiet when you're actually hearing things, because then you notice it. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. Yeah, my yeah. My, my third one is Ikuhara is trying to use Anthe in a lot of ways, but central to all of those ways that he's using her. He needs her to be to fit comfortably into the role of um, the um, the passive abused one, for lack of a better word, because that's very not the way I want to describe that. Whereas Saito is gives Anthony more agency by really giving her a voice, kind of literally, and makes and so kind of fundamentally changes Anthony's entire like the way that we understand her. She's no longer just a doll. Now Anthony is an active player. I will, way, I will hot take you on this one, actually. Take it away, darling. Oh, diamond. Are we going to flirt on air? Get no, a room, you two. <laughs> oh, my oh God. trust me, we've been trying for months. <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Gays on my podcast? It's oh. more likely than you think. <laughs> Scarlet, give me your hot take for a dime. <laughs> I just want you to, to remind you that you were the one who invited me on. Okay. Um, so, (laughs) um, my hot take. I don't think Ikuhara actually does think of Anthe as a passive doll. And my evidence for that is the greatest episode of the entire series, which is Naname gets dunked on by elephants forever. Wait, which one is that? I think that the might one where she gets dunked on by elephants. Forever. It's the one with the curry. Oh my! Yes. Okay. So that episode is a massive absurdist joke, but the joke of the entire episode is Anthe spends the entire thing low-key playing Bugs Bunny to Naname's Yosemite Sam. Everything horrible that happens to Naname in that episode is something Anthe sets up directly or indirectly. Don't forget the. She- episode yes that's also yeah that's also a and thing the, 
Anthe Hamemi is a weirdo who keeps snails in her pencil box episode. Yes. I'm so lost. Like, there are a lot of, like, a lot of these weird joke episodes are actually Ikuhara pulling back the curtain on Anthe. And the thing about Anthe in, as Ikuhara interprets her, is she's quiet. She never really reveals more, she kind of, like, keeps her personality under wraps, and she very rarely openly displays her emotion. But she's not doing it by choice. She's having that emotion suppressed because she's part of this larger weird scheme going on through the series. But when she does get to express it in the joke episodes, you see that she kind of has a very, you know, in some ways, like, vindictive but fun personality. She's not a passive doll. She's in quiet rebellion. I really like that you brought this up because I was thinking the exact same thing, that Ikuhara plays Anthe more as she's supposed to look like a passive and then we slowly get to unfold that i'm going to catch Teresa up a little bit on what we're talking about here okay so there are a few like they seem like they're filler episodes of the anime where ridiculous shit happens to naname seemingly for no reason usually involving her being attacked by animals and okay yeah i do remember that a little bit okay it is subtly revealed through the series that Anthe is responsible for these things happening and she's basically just fucking with Naname the whole time. Oh and so that's sort of like what we're talking about when we refer to like Anthe having this sort of like different personality underneath her facade <laughs> okay, yeah. is like this this is an ex- this is one expression of who she actually is that we get to see in these little absurdist like glimpses. Interesting. Or should I say shrimp arresting, as I usually say. You should. I shrimp would say arresting. that. Mm, shrimp. Thank you. Across the streams. <laughs> oh, and oh god damn it, all I can think about is shrimp heaven now. <laughs> shrimp <I> know- <laughs> No! We can't keep doing this, Daniel. Can't keep doing this. Anyway, uh, yeah, so, yeah, I think that just speaks to, like, the subtle difference between Saito's interpretation of Anthe and Ikahara's interpretation of Anthe, because also he has a little more, like, I don't know. It, it seems like Ikahara has a little more time to slowly bring out Anthe's personality over the course of yeah. 39 episodes. Whereas, like, I don't really know how the manga industry works. I don't know, like... She's got less space. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like there's, there's less space to delve into the, like, nuance of that. So, like, Saito is just taking a different approach to the character who is still the same character, yeah. but just like, I don't know. She, she seems less like quiet and mysterious and weird and more like nice uh, and mysterious and weird, even though she is nice in the anime, but her niceness is much more off putting in the anime. Yeah, her niceness is ste- kind of Stepford smiling in the anime. And it's kind yeah, of revealed so that the reason yeah. it seems like Stepford smiling it's is so creepy. And, and like the Stepford smiling is, really ultimately revealed to be just that 
it's an act that she's putting on. Yeah, I think uh, Alice and I talked at length about uh, how one of our favorite parts of the uh, the second arc is this very brief moment in the beginning in like the very first episode of the Black Rose arc where we find out that yes, other characters do find Anthe's like quiet, smiling, like yes ma'am, no ma'am, whatever, like act unsettling just the way we as the audience do because up until then everybody's kind of treated Anthe's behavior as normal aside from Utena and it's normal for or it's expected for her to think that Anthe is weird because she's the outsider coming into this new situation but like it's once we meet Kane Akio's fiance that we really get to see mm. that no everybody else think thinks that Anthe's really creepy too yeah that was so validating that whole yeah. episode yeah. was so validating. I was like, thank you. Fucking finally. Yeah. What was I? Sorry, my brain shut down. I had a thing I wanted to say and I've lost it. Oh, no. Why did I Why did I bring that up? Now I'll, now I'll never know. <laughs> oh, um, regarding kind of like the weird, the, the uh, production schedule for the manga. Can you remember yes. what magazine it was originally published in? Like the title? I did know that, but as soon as you asked it, I forgot. So I'm going to look it up. Look I was about up. to say, we could double check that because I will tell you that depending on whether the magazine had a weekly or monthly publication dates, uh, that is how long she had to work on each individual chapter. Is The, mo- the uh, magazine is called Chow. Chow. Like the Italian word, Chow. First issue, um, it was every month. And it was um, uh, aimed towards girls ages 8 to 14. Okay, so then she probably had about a month's time to work on double-length chapters, which is... That's actually a good sign, because that means her production schedule was not as crushed. Uh, weekly magazines for manga in Japan... Like, um, the guy who wrote Yu Yu, Yu Hakusho actually did a whole thing in the back of one of his volumes where he wrote about how intense the production schedule is on a weekly manga. It's basically, you write your story planning over the weekend, and then you spend the rest of your five days of the week basically doing longer than full hour, than full-time days sometimes, doing your drawing, penciling, inking, etc. So... Yeah, I have heard a lot about how hellish manga production schedules can be. Yeah, like part of the reason you remember Full Metal Alchemist as being as good as it is if you've read the manga, is that was a monthly series, not a week. That's why the writing quality is, part of why the writing quality is so above where uh, shonen stuff can normally go is uh, the artist actually had time to develop her chapters for that much longer. She basically got double the time most people do. So in the case of Utena, it's still though, imagine that one chapter takes two weeks of production and it's a probably one person team with background and maybe like uh, embellishment artists. Uh, she does not have the benefit of, of a creative writing team. She doesn't have the benefit of a larger production scope. Like Ikuhara actually had a team he coordinated for the anime. Yeah. So that would explain, I think, at least th- that explains to me probably the, the biggest reason why a lot of things are more direct in the manga. It's not just that her interpretations are a little more like in line with standard shoujo. It's that she probably kind of had to fall back on what she knew and what she's comfortable with to get high quality production out the door on time. Mm. 
Yeah, I think it's like, I think it's both, but that's a very valid point. It also, more time to work, but circling back to something we said originally, would also help explain why the art, level of art in, the, in these books is so yeah. good. Because she just had tons of time to just really, really, really nail it. And it's, it's the biggest strength of, of this manga is that it's just visually pleasing. It is very pretty to look at. Like, even... Even whether or not it's doing good story-wise, and there are some points I actually really like story-wise in the manga. That um, actually, there's at least one thing I like better in the manga than I do in the anime that we will get to much later. But it's always it's always great, and, and the anime is too. Like one of the best things about Utsuna, no matter what the medium, is that it's gorgeous. It is a labor of love. I definitely agree. Do we have anything else we'd like to say about this? Fuck Kaido. Yeah. That's the mood. <laughs> Fuck Kaido. Um, I'm trying to see if we've really, if there's anything else. Um, not really. I, I, I think, to be fair, um, a lot of, I mean, we've talked a lot about the, the manga as a whole, but also, like, this is the part of the manga, and, and this is kind of me doing a caveat for later episodes we do with the manga. This is the part of the manga that's the that goes away from the anime the least. Yeah, um, clearly. It is the part closest because the end of the manga and parts of the middle are drastically different and very key ways. And we will get a lot of material out of that. But, you know, for, for now, it's, it's, it's good to sort of talk about the, you know, things we'd like about the manga in general kind of just, you know, we, we've kind of covered sort of all of our problems with the manga are basically summed up in the prologue. Let's be real. Um, except for that it's, especially the worst thing which is the manga's way straighter you guys yeah it is very as far as it is aggressively heterosexual why would you do this to my why well saito we've actually talked about this before me me and panda's actually talked about this on the air before where um you know there was originally sort of a disconnect where Ikihara um was all doing his the thing that he does all the time and she was like not really con- yeah and she was not really convinced that would sell like not that she was like it's bad she was like she was worried that that would not sell with the target demographic because it's just not a thing that she did it was not something she had done before and um, when she was very much proved wrong, um, she she came around on it. Yeah, I think we can see that in, uh, I mean, in the fact that the new manga chapter that just came out, there's actually a translation of that that has just been put up today, I think. it's The chapter is only 10 days old as far as the Japanese release, and there's already a scanlation out. Uh, on Empty Movement, our friends over at Empty Movement, a very good Utena fan site, have a uh, a good scanlation that they have that you can read on their website or that you can download. And they have a lovingly restored version of the cover that was uh, painstakingly restored on in Photoshop by former guest of the show, Abby, who we love and loves Jury. But we can see the difference in the approach from the beginning to now, what's coming out now, because unlike in the manga, where Jury's storyline doesn't have anything to do with Shiori, and that's like a big part of the anime, that's sort of what the whole new manga chapter is about, is the relationship between Jury and Shiori, and I mean, also Ruka's there, I guess. Also, Ruka's there. 
That's sort of his whole deal, is that also Ruka yeah. is there. He is the third wheel of a lifetime. Yeah, basically. But yeah, um, I had a whole train of thought, and it just totally left. That's what happens when you podcast late at night. <laughs> yeah. And it's later for me than it is for you guys, too, so. It's 10 p.m. in Virginia. Yeah. Do you know where your children are? It's 10 p.m. in Jersey, too. Welcome to the East Coast, bitches. Aren't you supposed to say it like Joycey? No, uh, that's like (laughs) a regional accent, specifically like in an area that I'm not in. It's more like (laughs) Southern Jersey. I know, I had cousins up there. I just Have had you to been to it. the Jersey Shore? Oh, yes I have. I've spent most of my childhood <laughs> summers there. And in fact, it's only a 45-minute drive from me. So, yes. <laughs> Teresa, only 45 minutes from the beach. Oh, you know it. I'm actually, I'm actually like 30 seconds from the beach because I actually live on the Arthur Kill. Like I'm two blocks away nice. from like the, like the marina area. But oh, okay. since it's like completely like 75% sea glass, 100% toxic sludge, <laughs> you can't like beach there. But mm, sounds like a good time. Delicious. I know. So yeah. So fun facts about Teresa that people can use to murder me with. You know, this is the second podcast in a row that I've recorded with you where you openly baited people to murder you. Do we need to talk about this? I really asked people to murder me last episode. That was the... The be- well, no, I was thinking of the Beatles episode, so maybe oh, it was the episode true. before that. Uh, well, no, are you no, telling no. me? Hey, are you telling me Teresa is the most dangerous game? <laughs> <laughs> I I did not hear that. I can't hear. You, Teresa, are the most dangerous game. Oh hell yeah, I am. There's a there there is a grand prize, but only if you can find me, bitches. Oh, good luck, bitches. I'm pretty easy to spot. I mean, you can take me down. Come find me if you. I can. support you. you. Even if Panda doesn't, I support you. Thank you, Alice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I guess we're done with the manga. Hey, yeah, I think I think we're done. For I think now. we've utterly exhausted what there is to talk about in this first bit. Yeah, we will definitely be able to do more once we get further into the manga because I feel like the big focus, the reason that I combined the prologue and volume one episodes was because there's not a lot in volume one. So I figured that we'd spend most of the time talking about the prologue, which we did. So, um, but the future episodes are probably just going to be like single volume so we can take everything as it goes and talk about all the differences and stuff. I uh, largely avoided reading this for a long time because I did hear that it was more hetero and I don't like that but now I do a podcast so I'm legally obligated to read this book. It, it's actually the law. According to it podcast is, law. It's it's very like as a as a as a law school dropout, I can assure you that this is incredibly and binding. As an almost way. law school dropout, we can assure you that this is incredibly legal by podcast law. Podcast if you want cops will come. The McElroy's house. McElroy's on your house and publicly shame you. They drag you through the street and tell everyone that you are bad podcasters. <laughs> The wild boys have become the cops. If you oh want to follow God. us on Twitter, you can do that at Utenacast. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Mpandonata. Where can they follow you on Twitter, Alice? They can follow me on Twitter at Lyrewolf, which is L-Y-R-E-W-U-L-F. 
Teresa, where can the people find you on the internet should you wish to be found? Y'all can find me at Vicunyad, V-I-C-U-N-A-D on Twitter. I also have a Tungle, but like, God, I wish Tumblr was dead, so I'm not sharing that. But I'm pretty easy to find too, so. Scarlett, if the people wanted to find you on the internet and you wish for them to find you, how would they do that? First, sacrifice a goat. Oh, that sounds good. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, s- seriously, I actually have no Twitter presence. So if you want to contact me for some reason, uh, the best way to do it is actually to contact me through Alice's Twitter because, you know, we're in a relationship. I'll see it. And if you would like to follow us on Tumblr, I haven't updated that in a while uh, because reasons. That's imaginemeandutina.tumblr.com. If you would like to come on the show and talk about the manga with us as we uh, continue to do episodes about it, you can email us uh, at imaginemeandutina at gmail.com. You can also email us if you have like comments about the stuff that we say, or you can contact us on Twitter if you have corrections about things that we have said that are either wrong or maybe just not entirely correct or lacking some context because uh, we're just a bunch of dummies with microphones. It's not like we do research around here. <laughs> If you would like to support the podcast, we are a Patreon-supported podcast. We just got a new patron literally right after we recorded the last episode. We got a new patron, our buddy Jeff, who has been a guest on a previous episode. And in a couple of months, Alice, you're going to have to write him some fan fiction. Oh, I am looking forward to it. You have a couple of fan fiction patrons. Uh, I don't know if Patreon has billed this month. I'll check in on that. Uh, this will be a week late by the time I have checked on that. But uh, you'll probably have to do that soon for a couple of our dearly devoted patrons. If you would like to buy our logo on merchandise, you could do that at the link that is in the pinned tweet on our Twitter account. And that is all of our credits, I believe. Revolutionize the world, everybody. See you later. Yay! Yay.